All right, welcome back to the Media Marketing Podcast. Today we're gonna to be talking about this book, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by Al Rise and Jack Trout. So, pretty excited to bring this one to you guys. It's taken me a couple months, pretty much all summer, to read this book and to highlight how this book, The 22 Immutable Laws, we're taking some old school principles. This book uh, was written quite a while ago. I wanna say maybe almost 20 years ago. Uh, I can't find it fast enough here. 1993 is the first date I see. So that is a, a while ago, almost a, you know, a handful of decades. But the tips in this book are very, very applicable. They're timeless. That's why it's called Immunable. And yeah, definitely take a chance to go check this out. Buy this book if you get the chance. It's a, one that is a classic, one that every marketer I think should have. But I'm going to be applying these old school techniques to something new school, TikTok. So let's cue the intro. Let's get started. Thank you for checking out the Media Marketing Podcast, a place where you can learn all things media and marketing related. Don't miss a beat in boosting your business and your brand. In each episode, you'll gain valuable insights, tools, and strategies to apply to your marketing efforts. And now your host, Brian Cargill. All right, so we're applying the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing to TikTok. And just I'm going to go through all 22 rules, which I think there's some good examples that go along with it. And this will be an applicable series if you have never created a TikTok video you know, this will be a great place for how to leverage yourself in the market. If you are already creating TikTok videos, I think there's gonna be some great tips in here for how to uh, continue to place yourself in the market, or maybe if you need to change things and go down a different path. So the first tip of the 22 laws is the law of leadership. Now, what is the law of leadership? It's being first, being the leader. So if you are able to pretty much jump right in on whatever platform it is. So a lot of people who were, I experienced this too. A lot of people that were the first on YouTube have a lot more visibility and a lot more time for people to process their content. And so they were able to grow their channels a lot more effectively or a lot. It was just easier to grow your channel back in 2006, 2007 than it is today. Um, and I use easy kind of in loose terms, but overall, if you're first, um, you're kind of the one leading the way. And with that goes, uh, people seeing you as the first and probably emulating you. And we'll get into that in some of the later examples, but, uh, they use some examples here of like, who are first people that we think of in society? Who's the first person on the moon? Neil Armstrong. You think of who was the first person to break the four minute mile. It is Roger Bannister. So if you're able to do something unique, first, then you're going to stand out in the minds of your customers and they're going to remember that. So on your TikTok channel, is there a first type of video that you could create that no one else has done? Or is there a first type of theme or series that you can do that no one has heard of? That's a good place to begin, at least in my mind. Um, the next one is rule number two, the law of category. So like being first, create a new category. If so, there's something that you're already wanting to do, say you want to make trick shot videos. Well, can you do specific trick shots of a specific uh, category of a, or a niche? That is where I would start with uh, creating your content because you're going to 
make it easier in the minds of your customers as well. They'll think when they think of, you know, keeping the vein of trick shots, maybe um, the person that's able to juggle pins, you become the number one person that people think of for juggling pins. And if uh, they're, you know, if, and, and so like with this, because it's marketing, you have the flexibility, you can create your own category as well. So if there's already a bunch of categories out there, rather than trying to do something within those, create your own that's completely different than everyone else. And you're going to, you're going to stand out. You're in, um, you know, that, you know, here's some examples. We have Miller Lite, which was the first domestic beer. So they weren't the first beer, but they were first that were like considered domestic. The next one is IBM. They were the international business machine. Uh, they are the first in computers. So yeah, kind of how can you, you know, categorize yourself, differentiate yourself from the competition? Number three is the law of the mind. So like it sounds, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you when you think of uh, a certain business or you think of a certain product when it comes to, you know, this, this book is a little older and they use copiers. So what do you think of for copiers? And Xerox has had that namesake in the, in the industry for a long time. Uh, you think of when you need to buy technology, Radio Shack, when you think of the next generation of computers, that's changing all the time. But in this book, they used Apple as an example. And yeah, so what videos can people kind of pinpoint in their mind, uh, you know, that trick shot? I think of Dude Perfect right away. Um, you know, shout out to those guys. But when you think of whatever industry or whatever, like when it comes to food, who's the first one that comes to mind? All these dis different things. How can you be top of mind for your uh, customers? Number four is the law of perception. So how are you perceived? And they use the example of Harley Davidson. You know, we perceive Harley Davidson. I mean, when you think of American motorcycles, they're probably the first ones that come to mind. But then perception wise, if Harley Davidson were to make an automobile to make an actual car, uh, they would have a hard time because they've already kind of uh, carved an idea in people's minds. Now I'm going to jump the gun a little bit here and t say that uh, probably what this author would have uh, suggested Harley Davidson do is maybe create a different brand identity. So kind of like what Toyota did by creating Lexus, that's probably a better way just to kind of differentiate the brands and let people know they're getting something a little different. Because uh, I think the first visual that comes to mind for Harley Davidson cars, you would think of a car maybe with uh, handlebars on it or something. Who knows? Just trying to have a little fun here. Um, and then the next one they talk about, you know, marketing is not, it shouldn't be a battle of, uh, or it's not a battle of products, but it's a battle of perceptions. A lot of us think it comes down to features or you're thinking of, you know, what uh, I think of computer companies, like a lot of them think that they need to come up with a variety of computers that have different processing speeds and are bigger and smaller in size or use different materials. But no, it's really the idea of perceptions. Like what philosophy or what feeling are you selling for two people? And Nike is one of the biggest examples. You're not, they're not just buy, selling you a pair of shoes. They're selling you a lifestyle and an idea of if you buy these uh, Michael Jordans, if you buy these Jordans, then you're going to be like Mike. I mean, that, that's probably the best example that I can think of right now. And uh, they even, I did a, you know, in the idea of the law of perception, throwback to the book, uh, Donald, Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand. He talks about Gerber Knives. And he said, in, and in that book, he talks about how 
he asked the audience, what do you think these knives are worth? I think $40 and everyone in the audience raises their hand and says yes, because Gerber has uh, leveraged themselves and created such a brand of quality and knowing that you're getting, I think they have like a lifetime guarantee. Don't, don't quote me on that, but uh, so that's something to keep in mind. If you're able to leverage your brand and put it in a certain um, category or a certain way that people see it, then you can do certain things like raising the price of, of your products or your goods or um, yeah, being just top of mind for people. Law number five is the law of focus. So no, how, no matter how complicated your company, how, yeah, how complicated your company gets, your product or your service gets, um, rather than sticking to three or four, I know a lot of us believe that it's best to, you know, show all the things that you can do. If you're able to stick to just one or two things that you do really well, um, that's going to help keep that um, mentality or the first, you know, being for top of mind for people when it comes to your business. So try to stick when it comes to your TikTok channel, maybe you stick to one or two types of videos and you don't try to spread yourself too thin. You can always create sub brands later, but in the early stages, kind of stick to one or two. Uh, they use some great examples here. Some were Crest. When you think of Crest toothpaste, you think of they help you with cavities, reducing cavities or alleviating, not alleviating. I don't think that's possible, but getting rid of them. We're making prevention. BMW, uh, we think of driving or handling. And then they talk about Domino's Pizza, which is you think of for home delivery. So they really honed in. Those were the things that they focused on. And they were able to own those words literally those words in the mind of the consumers. So number six is the law of exclusivity. So two companies cannot own the same word. So keep that in mind. If there's a, a TikTok channel out there that you're looking at that seems like they're already doing a certain type of video or, um, you know, I would just try to do something completely different or try to own some aspect that is different than what they're already doing. And they use some good examples in the book, such as Burger King actually did a whole campaign where they wanted to be known for being fast, but it worked against them because McDonald's was already known for being fast. And the author actually mentions they could have been known for maybe being slower but maybe being more gourmet or something of that nature. And they actually just talk about like, there's a way that they broil their patties I guess. And so I don't know, they could be the slow, slow kicking group. And um, so it was pretty much a wasted campaign. And with that, they say, you know, study your competition. So make sure that uh, whatever words they're known for, whatever things they're known for, you're not wasting your time or wasting your money and effort and resources creating similar or like, you know, not copy videos, but ones that just, you know, reflect or just like a poor man's version of whatever they're doing be completely different, be totally unique. And I think you're going to see that this is a, the running trend throughout this entire book or this comparison is that in business, the more unique, the more different you can be from other people is key. You're standing yourself apart because who wants to be compared to that? Like that word I just said, who wants to be a poor man's version of whatever a other company is? You're always living in their shadow. I say get, completely get rid of the shadow, go towards the light and create something of your own. So number seven is the law of the ladder. So pretty much if you can think of a real ladder, there's rungs of the, that ladder. And so if you do create your own category, you are number one, eventually there's going to be a number two that shows up. And then there's going to be a three and a four who are trying to get the kind of the extra scraps of the pie. Uh, and so 
you know, you want to be seen as number one, the, the first two rungs on the ladder, you know, the you're leading the way, you know, for all those other groups is kind of an interesting way of thinking about it. And they use the example of Avis is going to be number one. So I think Avis was number two and they made it like, Hey, that's our mission. And then they made that their tagline. And there's kind of some controversy uh, back and forth. I don't know why they use the car rental company so much, but Avis and enterprise kind of going back and forth. Um, but then they actually, I'm seeing here in my notes. So Avis is going to be number one that worked against them. Customers actually said, no, we don't see you as number one. We see you as like the next tier down. And Avis could have leaned into that a bit more and tripled down on the fact that they were number two, which I think in another marketing book, I did read that they did that and it worked out successfully. But all these groups, you know, whatever time period that you're studying them, you know, whoever the marketing manager was at the time and how successful they were, you can, you can see it in the, in the track record. Number eight is the law of duality. So in the long run, every market becomes a two horse or three horse, four horse, even more uh, kind of competition, which I mentioned in the last one. And so some of the competitors that they mention are Crest and Colgate. We think of those for toothpaste. McDonald's and Burger King is a great example. And so, like I mentioned, when it's three or four, when the three and four appear, you want to be that number one and two because they must be the best. They're the leader. They are the leaders of that, uh, of that market. So the next tip is the law, number nine, is the law of the opposite. So if you are shooting for second place, can you be uh, the opposite? We talked about McDonald's with fast and slow. When they talk about the, one of the most famous ones that I've heard in many marketing classes is that the Pepsi versus Coca-Cola uh, competition that's happened over many years. I think Coca-Cola is a pretty old company. I think they're almost, you know, if not over a hundred years old, but Pepsi is they or I'll start with Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is considered the classic. They're considered the iconic, your traditional soda taste. I mean, I even, when I think of personal examples, like some people will say, instead of saying a soda, can I have a Coke? And then they might not even be, mean Coca-Cola. They're just meaning like a soda. So, uh, <laughs> you know, a little throwback there from, uh, I remember that being a little mix up when I was a kid. And then one of the other ones is, or the competition, the opposite side of Coca-Cola's classic is Pepsi when you think of the choice of new. And so Pepsi did a good job of this, leaning into the Pepsi is the new generation um, of, of soda. And so you're able to differentiate those. And uh, I don't want to get too far ahead because I think they do use Coca-Cola and Pepsi later, but th those are the two. And then the next one was the story of Beck German beer. So Beck was not the first German beer. We already had Heineken, which was the first, known as being the first import beer. And then you have Lohenbrau, which was the first import beer from Germany. So Beck said to themselves, well, how can we differentiate from these guys? So they, they had a slogan was, you tasted the German beers, that's the most popular in America. Now taste the German beer, that's the most popular in Germany. Wow. So with a little bit of extra thinking, extra creativity, you can still segment yourself and position yourself in a unique way. So with your TikTok channel, if there's already two or three other groups already doing what you want to do, I know we ran into this as a problem with like Rose City Nails. There was already so much competition. So how do you make yourself differentiate? And we're no longer doing that project, but something that we could have done is maybe a specific type of nails or 
uh, which you could do by geography, you can do by uh, colors, you can do by themes, and just only focus on like when it comes to mind, just like only doing Valentine's Day or heart-shaped nail designs. And which sounds like it gets pretty old after a while, but you become top of mind in that group. And then if you do want to branch out, you just create subcategories or uh, just kind of new brands that you uh, build a whole theme around. So that way you do have some variety but yeah, I find that oftentimes customers, they really can't think of you and because people are juggling so much that they're already doing in their day-to-day lives. It's hard for them to think of you beyond just known as one or two things. And I mean, it's sad. Like there are people that have many different skill sets, companies that can do many different things, but it's really running with that one thing that you're known for. And then the other subsidiary things are things that your customer can learn after the fact, but they're still in the early stages of figuring out if you're even a good match for what they're trying to uh, accomplish. So rule number 10, sorry, that was a little long-winded. Rule number 10 is the law of division. So over time, a category will divide and become two or more categories. So, um, you know, categories are always dividing and not combining. So I think a lot of us think that if you do have all these different categories, all these different products, all these different services, you can eventually combine them. It doesn't really work that way. Stick with the one and then you can break out. And it's going to happen eventually, you know, after a while is what that book kind of mentioned. Number 11 is the law of perspective. So a market marketing effects take place over an extended period extended period of time. Sorry, I'm kind of tripping up on my words here. Get some water. Thank you for bearing with me. And so it takes place over extended period of time, law of perspective. So how do you build perspective around something? Well, that's where branding and marketing comes in. So you have to establish yourself um, as the leader or as, as a credible source or known for something in your industry. And that takes time. You know, brand isn't built overnight. It takes many, many years and months and strategy and trial and error and shifting to eventually get it right. But that's life. That's anything. You have to tinker until it works. So they use examples of Miller, Miller Lite. You think of Michelob, Coors, Coca-Cola, and uh, just how it took these guys many, many years to get where they are. A big thank you to our sponsors over at songtub.com. That's right, song or music and a tub, like a bath, but more fun to say, tub, tub. Anyway, you can check out Songtub's website for any of your music needs. In fact, the song playing in the background right now is from Songtub. So why pick them over anyone else? Well, they curate the music. And I know the guys, so that means I know that they're selecting great music for your project. A lot of other companies will brag about how many songs they have, maybe 100,000, 200,000, maybe even a million. But honestly, I don't have time for that. I don't have the time to just sit down and go next, 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 a song, not so great, you know, trying to figure out where the best music is. Songtub.com, great place to get your music. And now I'm excited to offer you the first month for free if you go to songtub.com slash pro, P-R-O, and we have a promo code for you. Yes, that's right. My name, your host, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, and that will give you your first month free to have access to a huge music library that you can use towards your next video project, podcast, or any of your general audio needs. Anyway, back to the show.
Then they talk about number 12 is the law of line extension. So this is the law that you don't want to extend yourself too far. You don't want to be uh, making a claim that's too far overreaching. And they use IBM, which is the international business machine. And that's just too broad. You know, you think of business machine, that's so many different things. And they're still around today, but I think to the, the authors of the book, they might mention whittled this down to one or two things that IBM does well before making a claim of doing all business machines. And then they don't really, I mean, Microsoft has been doing great. Microsoft is their second example. And they're saying that Microsoft is trying to be everything in software. You know, you think of micro, small, soft, that's all things software, which I think they actually did. You know, from my experience growing up, I felt that they did have a good stake over a lot of the products, but I also was a PC family growing up. Now I'm uh, in the Apple category. And, you know, that's just some of the things to consider is that spreading yourself too thin. Microsoft, I think they were able to back that claim, but a lot of us, we don't have the, the funding, the backing, the resources to be everything to everyone. So being different in... Um, whittling it down to a couple things is huge and I'm reiterating a lot of these points but I think it's important because uh, often it feels like more is better and that's not always the case you know less less is more and is it sticks in the mind of your your customers so rule number 13 is the law of sacrifice so you this is you have to give up something to get something and they used uh, Federal Express as an example, and they had to sacrifice three things. They had to reduce their product line, um, and then they number two, they had to target their market, you know, figure out who their target market is, and number three is have constant change. So those are the three things. If you're willing to sacrifice those three things, you're willing to um, still progress. So sacrificing your product line, so reducing that down, willing to just only have a couple products. The next sacrifice is your target market. So you're willing to sacrifice not marketing to everybody. Number three is sacrificing complacency and willing to have constant change. Really hard to do, especially as you become a bigger organization. You're, you fall back on the, or you're, you hang your hat on a lot of the things that have always worked. But change is necessary as much as I think as humans, we don't, it, it's very challenging. We get accustomed to habit and things that are happening that are continuing to work, but that's what R and D is for. Uh, I heard a great quote is like the reason you do R and D isn't for the good times. It's for the times when things aren't working out so well and shifting and adapting your model to be able to still make an income. Okay. Number 14 is the law of attributes for every attribute. There's an opposite effective attribute which I think we've mentioned in kind of one of these other ones, the law of opposites is similar to this, but then when you come to uh, attributes, there's always kind of, it's a double-edged sword is what they're saying. So um, they explain like Coca-Cola is considered for the older generation. If they're traditional, well then what's the flip side of that coin? Pepsi, which is the younger generation. And then they talk about, again, McDonald's, which is fast and for kids. And Burger King continued to chase after those, that mentality or that uh, perception. But the author mentioned that what they could have done was maybe be slow and cater toward teens and adults. 
So something to think about whenever you think it is a, a positive, think about what is the opposite and how could someone, uh, maybe competition, how could they use that, not against you, but use it in their favor. All right, the next rule or law we have, a lot of these are laws, so they're kind of like definitive. Like if you break these, then they're not going to work out for your business. And these authors have a lot of uh, experience and knowledge. So, I mean, I'm with them. If you break some, like we, you see that the, the crash and burn of some companies that were doing well and they broke some of these laws and they might not even be around today. So the law of candor is number 15. When you admit a negative, the prospect will give you a positive. I think this number 15 is probably one of the most counterintuitive ones that we think of often. I mean, we're, we're getting closer to that here in, um, this isn't the digital age, but the, the time period that we're in right now, people are willing to admit more challenges or things that aren't working out so well. Whereas I feel like, you know, 10, 20 years ago is all about, um, you know, you don't have any flaws. You want to be perfect, uh, spotless. That way your customers will want to buy your nice shiny thing. But now customers are wanting you to showcase your value, showcase who you are, and maybe highlight when things aren't doing well to make you more uh, personable, more relatable. So uh, what's really cool is when you admit a negative, your prospect is going to think of a positive. And so um, they talk about Listerine and Listerine took a negative the taste that you hate, this is, how this is how their slogan went, the taste you hate twice a day. So they took a negative, the taste you hate, and then they kind of made it more, they made it memorable in your mind that you're going to be using it twice a day. So just tip my hat off to them. They did great. And then the next one is Avis. Avis is only number two in rented cars. So I don't know. I think they're kind of explaining that they are number one in other aspects. And kind of what I was alluding here, I'm finding in my notes, kind of what I was alluding to earlier is that uh, negatives are going to be viewed as truth and positives are going to be doubted by your audience, actually. So your audience is pretty smart. They're going to cut through the BS of whatever you're saying that is great about you and say, okay, well, what, what's the, the flip side of this coin? But if you give them the flip side of the coin, it's kind of like reverse psychology is what this law is mentioning. They talk about... Oh gosh, I don't know the name of the perfume, but their tagline was Joy, the most expensive perfume in the world. And it cost about $375 an ounce for this perfume. And <laughs> I mean, talk about uh, playing to people's emotions. You're like, Joy? Well, I want Joy. And then you're like, well, how can I get it? Oh, the most expensive perfume in the world. Okay, well that's almost sounds like a challenge. You're like, okay, well, most expensive. Well, I'll see how expensive it is. And like I guess go ahead and buy it. And then you, you get a double payoff because one, you not only bought it and then two, it's promising you joy. And then you have the sensory uh, reflecting that with the smell of the perfume. So win-win uh, to them. So the advice is highlight your problems, which I've actually talked about on this podcast and some of the previous episodes is um, yeah, it just allows you to be transparent and more personable. Okay. Number 16 is the law of singularity. So in each situation, only one move will produce sustainable results. So this is one that I am still practicing myself, but um, pretty much this is also kind of known as the 80-20 principle, that 20% of the things that you're doing are going to produce yield 80% of your results. And so if you're able to 
hone in and focus on just one approach, it's going to pay off, uh, you know, high dividends. I think the biggest thing is uh, a lot of people either stick with something too long that's not working or they don't stick with something long enough. And so finding that sweet spot is the key. I don't have too much advice on that because I'm still trying to do that myself. But, the, uh, you know, one of the notes that I took was, um, or they, one of the things that they mention is that uh, don't try the puppy approach, which is like do everything, trying to be everything to everyone. Um, in marketing, it's, uh, it's the people that, are, that choose the single bold stroke, the single bold thing to do are the ones that usually have success. So um, I wrote here my notes on TikTok, maybe use the tactic that's least expected, do something totally different. And then if it does have success, triple down on that. The next one is number 17, the law of (laughs) unpredictability. So unless you write the competitor's plans, you can't predict the future. So your competitors, other people that are making videos, they might do something you never even expected. And so that's why it's good to kind of check in and sh- switch up what you're doing all the time, as well as kind of take into account like, oh, okay, they're doing something totally different. How do I adapt? How do, how do I change? And how do I continue to think outside the box? So what I really enjoy is that they have a whole couple paragraphs talking about how you can't think quarterly results. We're in this mindset and it doesn't really serve the marketing community. It serves the financial uh, industry. It serves the sales industry. But I think in marketing, if you think in quarterly results, uh, that's not really a good measurement. You need to have long-term planning and you need to think long-term direction. So when it comes to your TikTok channel, try not to just measure it by how you're doing quarterly. Think about over the long-term, you know, if you were to commit to this platform, how is it going to benefit you and think like long-term strategy of all the videos that you're going to plan out, all the videos that you're going to create and trying to get hung up on just the views that you're seeing today. Think like long-term there's a, a concept called the um, evergreen content, stuff that you can reuse. So for me, when I think of that, I think of holidays. We're going to have the same holidays every year. So if you make content around that, you can repost it every year and you're thinking long-term success. So even like the resources that you put into creating that video, it has a long payout. I think in the stock market, they call that dividends, you know, a long-term dividend of that content. Number 18 is the law of success. Uh, Success often leads to arrogance. And arrogance leads to failure is what they mentioned. So when you are flying high and doing really well, I think getting cocky or getting complacent, which is something that we all fall prey to. And it sometimes takes getting hit in the mouth again before you realize like, oh, okay, I need to keep working. I need to keep trying. So keep that in the back of your mind. As things start growing, you start seeing some success. If you start to rest on your laurels, you're going to have a hard time. So continue to shift, adapt, study the, the competition, and know that uh, any given month or year, uh, you might need to adapt and change things to be able to continue to thrive. A cactus knows how to survive. It can endure scorching heat, limited rainfall, and defends itself against critters daily. Your business is no different. To survive harsh conditions, it's important to develop deep roots using media content that'll continuously nourish and support your marketing efforts day after day. 
Tactus Media is here to help you determine a strategy and create media content. Together, let's map out the next sequence of videos, podcasts, and social media to help your business thrive. Work with Tactus Media, media tactics that stick. Ouch! Visit tactusmedia.com to learn more. Okay, rule number 19 is the law of failure. So failure is to be expected. And it's actually refreshing that they talk about this in the book because I think as entrepreneurs or as a content creator, if you're or a video star on TikTok, uh, you want to see success and you feel like success is something that is supposed to happen. But knowing that failure is going to happen, accepting it, and then shifting and changing uh, your approach is going to be a lot better mindset to be in than just hoping that everything is going to work out. And then when it doesn't, beating yourself up, getting upset, but accepting it. And then maybe trying, you know, this isn't within the book, but maybe even trying to see what successes or little kind of successes did you take from it? Because it's only a failure if you don't learn from it and you make the same mistake again. So um, they said in the book, many companies reorganize rather than just drop things. Like sometimes you just need to drop whatever the product is, whatever the concept, whatever research you're doing, and just focus in on the things that have worked. So they say it's best to cut your losses and learn through trial. And they use Walmart as an example of a company that's actually willing to try stuff or try, what is it? Fail quickly, fail faster. So they say the, the mantra of ready, aim, fire. So get ready with your plan, aim, go for it. And then they had a really nice way. You, if you learned and you made progress, it was a success. It's the person that makes the same mistake twice that uh, you should be wary of. They talked about Jeep. They dropped passenger cars. IBM dropped com- copiers. And then Xerox dropped computers. I forget if they dropped them or if he says that they should have or that they, the authors mentioned that they should have. But yeah, those are kind of ways to kind of hone in on what you're good at, hone in on the things that matter. And um, you, know, you only have so much time and resources. Rule number 20 is the law of hype. So the situation is often the opposite of the way it appears in the press. So this tells you how uh, old this book is, but I mean, there's still is the press today. It's taken on a new form. Now it takes form of a tweet or a digital press, um, not press kit, but uh, press release. So, and this, they mentioned that if things look really great in the news, really look really good in the paper, it's probably the opposite. It's not doing as well as you would think. And then they mentioned that a lot of the biggest successes happen over like in the, in the dead of the night when no one even is considering, it's not even on anyone's radar. That's uh those, that's when it usually happens. So try not to get hype, get caught up in all of the hype. Uh, they use the example of, new coke so coke was trying to compete with pepsi and they were like okay we're gonna do our new coke and on in the press they were saying oh man new coke is the best it's great and then you think about today do any of us drink or know of new coke no because it in reality it didn't do very well so um we'll get into in a second but they talk about trends versus fads and so you really want to be on the trend side of things versus a fad um so there is like hype you want to make sure that hype is going to be continuous. I think of the, the last fad, the last really big one was the uh, fidget spinners. Those were huge, but there wasn't enough 
uh, protocol or education about what could be the long-term uses of these. And so we only saw them for a second. Um, every once in a while they top, pop back up to a degree, but yeah, you want to be on the, on the long tail of things. Okay. So they talk about uh, the law of attraction. Is that right? The law of attraction. Yeah. Okay. Well, not to take from the secret, but uh, this is, uh, you know, part of this marketing series is successful programs are not built on fads. They're built on trends. Okay. So I jumped to the next pro next uh, tip here, but that's okay. So they talked about what are some of the fads? Uh, Cabbage Patch Kids were a fad. Um, they put it on everything and like, I think I remember my older siblings having cabbage patch kids and yeah, that was, that was it. And they never made a resurgence. But when you think of products that have stood the test of time, Barbie is a trend. Barbie has been around and um, I think they're still trying to stay culturally relevant. Go ahead and check out some of their websites and some of their product lines. Um, but yeah, the author's advice is if you do have something that is a fad, he actually says that they actually say it's better to dampen that fad. So as to extend the life and turn it into a trend that you could, um, you know, ride out for the long term. So how do you do that? You control your image, you limit your appearances, don't try to be everything to everyone. All right, we are getting to the last uh, law here and I'll, I'll do a quick little run uh, talk through of all these because I know it's a lot of laws and maybe I'll highlight the ones that I think are some of my favorites as I'm going through those again. But number 22 is the law of resources. So without adequate funding, the idea will not get off the ground. Now today, the resources and software and there's a lot of tools that can help you. I think at the time of writing this book, they mentioned that it, you can get further with a mediocre idea than uh, and plus a million dollars than you can with just a good idea alone. Because yeah, if you don't have money, then you have to have time and energy to build a lot of stuff, which is what I do with my company. I, I build a lot of my own assets, video, podcast, design. Whereas if I were to outsource all of that, it would cost me tens of thousands of dollars. So that's one of the skills that I use for my business. You have different skills for your own business that can help you in those early stages. But what they mention here is if you can just get the funding, you're going to, it's like a catalyst and it's going to put you in a great, a lot better position overall. So something to keep in mind because marketing is not free and depending on who you're going to, it's not cheap either. So let's just do a quick, Summary, I'm going to fly by these pretty quick. They're also going to be in the description, so you'll have access to them there. But number one is the law of leadership. Number two, the law of category. Number three, number one is like favorite one. I'm, I'm glad they made that number one. It's going to stick in the minds of people being first. If you're not first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. But then number three is the law of the mind, being top of mind for people. Number four is the law of perception. Number five, the law of focus. Number six, the law of exclusivity. Number seven, the law of the ladder which I think I like because that's something to take into consideration as your company grows, as uh, you know, just time goes on, there's going to be more, there's going to be other competition out there and how can you position yourself to be successful? Number eight, the law of duality. Number nine, the law of the opposite. Number 10, the law of division. Number 11, the law of perspective. Number 12, the law of line extension. Number 13, the law of sacrifice. 
that one really opened up my eyes. I didn't realize that, yeah, you need to, you have to give some things up in order to gain some in the marketplace. Number 14, the law of attributes. Number 15, the law of candor, candor, the number, it <laughs> sounds like a place in uh, England. Uh, number 16, the law of singularity. Number 17, the law of unpredictability. Number 18, the law of success. Number 19, the law of failure. Number 20, the law of hype. Number 21, the law of attraction. Number 22, the law of resources. So those are all 22 in a nutshell. And my summary, my takeaway from this book and how it can absolutely be applied to your TikTok strategy is study the competition on TikTok. That way you don't make videos that have already been made and you're able to differentiate yourself from the competition. And the hope is that um, you, know, you are from taking from this book called The Blue Ocean Strategy, that book in a nutshell as well, is just being completely different, that you're in a blue ocean, that you can swim around freely and there's no one else to worry about. What you're afraid of is red oceans, oceans that have already been taken. And they call them red because like shark infested, worst case scenario, things happening to you. Uh, that's what it's like when you're having to cut through the noise of your competition. So be different, stand out, be in that blue ocean. And, you know, keeping in mind your competition will arise and be selective about where you position yourself. Position yourself as the cutting edge, as the leaders guiding the way. And you want to be, position yourself as a trend and not just a fad. And then they end the book, or relatively towards the end of the book, they mention you know, a warning to everybody that if you are at a bigger organization, it is hard to implement these laws because people are constantly wanting to expand. He, he talks about when you hire kind of younger people to come in, they're not just going to sit there and do what's always been done. They're going to innovate and think of new ways and think of new products and new features and new services, which is great. There's a time and place for it, but overall uh, you're going to break some of those laws of only being known for one thing. Um, you know, don't want to overextend your line. These are all important principles to consider, um, you know, but that's why those are one of the big advantages of being a smaller or mid-sized business. You can be nimble and you can actually make these changes and these effects happen and you don't have to do as much convincing to make it happen. So those are my two cents and my thoughts on how to implement the 22 laws, 22 immutable laws of marketing into your TikTok strategy. So good luck out there. I know TikTok is a pretty controversial uh, software these days. If it sticks around, have fun implementing these. But if it doesn't, uh, just know that you can implement these strategies across all platforms. If you're on Instagram, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Facebook, Pinterest, make sure that you stand out from your competition, study your competition, and be different. Break the status quo and uh, you know, position yourself in the marketplace in a way that, uh, you know, as a leader and as someone that, I'm going to say it again, is different. And on that note, thank you for tuning in to the Media Marketing Podcast. Until next time, my friends. I want to say a big thanks for tuning into the Media Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe to get notifications for new episodes, which are coming out every Thursday morning, or at least we're striving for that. Uh, feel free to visit our Facebook page where you can like and join the Media Marketing Community. This is a good resource for collaborating, sharing ideas with other media creators, marketers, and those just looking to build their network. So until next time.